Voice of America, Washington, D.C., signing on. Thursday evening, 2100 Eastern Time, and you know what that means. Radio Contra, Sons of Liberty, is live on the air here in the virtual Green Dragon Tavern, and it is very good to be back on the air with all of you. Coming back from a very successful trip out to Texas, working with some incredible patriots out there, some great folks that I've had the honor and the privilege of working with a few times now, uh, getting getting to, to go literally, literally down to the birthplace of Texas um, and work with some really, really incredible folks down there, um, you know, in, in the, the uh, Victoria um, you know, that, that whole area down there, like it, it's just really, there's a lot of great folks down there and, um, getting, getting that opportunity to go down there is really something special. But anyhow, uh, that was rounding out my training year for 2022 back here at home to celebrate Christmas and the new year with the family and uh, celebrate being just uh, burning it down on Amazon, uh, which is something that I'm really, really proud of. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that in this episode. Um, We're going to be talking about a few things. The border, obviously, is huge. Um, You know, the, 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 the things that are going on with the border, and I think a lot of it is we're kind of numb to it right now. We're kind of numb to it. We're, we're uh, deadened to the flood. We're going to be talking about the, the exhumation of uh, General A.P. Hill in Richmond, which has been an absolute disgrace. We're going to be discussing that as well um, and getting some opinions on that. And, you know, I, I have a, a lot to say about that. Um, Specifically, I, I think that it's an absolute disgrace, but there, there's some things that are going to be lost on this because people are characterizing it in, uh, you know, well, what's the big deal and whatever. Well, historically, there, there's going to be um, the, this is painting a very, very bad path that we are on. 
And when you look at the players that have been involved in this and just the, the entire way that they did it, you, you respect the dead. Okay. We respect the dead. And I, that, that is a fundamental human response across all cultures that you respect the dead. And when you have people out there that, that don't do that and, and behave in the manner in which they've behaved, um, it's, it's really, really disgraceful. Uh, but you know, we don't expect anything less. Um, you know, we, we, we don't expect anything better rather. Uh, so anyway, we're going to be discussing that. And of course, we're going to be discussing uh, the <laughs> very, very interesting story that is uh, being exposed, uh, coming to light of Samuel Brenton. And we're going to be talking about that. Of course, Samuel Brenton is now behind bars in the state of Nevada. We're going to be discussing that. We're going to have a heck of a lot more we're going to be talking about here on the air with all of you out there as I'm waiting for my fellow patriots to make their way in here. But with that said, first on the parade field, lining up here to the bar, Madman Actual. What's up, brother? Howdy, ho, gentlemen, ladies, maybe one lady. How's everything? Good man, your your audio is a little low. Is it? Hold on. Oh, there you go. Hey, all you got to do is speak into the mic. A little bit better. Well, I got the, a little uh, bit the better. Bluetooth. Yeah, I got the the wireless headset going on right now. Oh, there you go. Sounding better. Um, a lot better. All right. A lot better. I'm, a lot. I'm doing good, man. I'm uh. I'm sitting in my brand new garage of the house I just got. I'm Dude, liking it. Proud of you, man. Proud yeah, of buddy. you. You know what I'm proud of? I don't have a single street light for like a mile in any direction. Oh, I'm that's even about that. better. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm man. I'm really happy about that. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about it in the sticks? I got like two neighbors. Yeah, farmland. Somebody cracked Heck off a yeah. rifle shot the other day. Right on. Yes, sir. Ugh. Yeah, man, getting ready for this. Uh, fixing stuff from the last class. It's pretty much what I've been up to. Yeah, man. Got to have that reset, uh, rebuild. You know? Yeah. Yeah, adding stuff. You know, I took those suggestions to heart. That's right. You know? That's is continuous, you know, like training training's an evolution. And that's something that um, you know, from the very beginning that, that I always told people, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to training with you because you're up there. The instructor is training with the students just as much as he's instructing. You know, it and you know, whenever whenever you teach a class and this is why I encourage everybody to do that. You know, I got MechMedic coming in right behind you. And um, it, you know, it, it, it's it's a unique thing and a unique dynamic to stand in front of a, a group of people and, and teach them skills. It's one thing to know something inside and out yourself, right? 
is a whole other thing entirely to get up there and teach that group of people with, you know, no PowerPoints. First time you've ever taught it to civilians. You don't, you know, there's so many unknowns that you, you're just like, man, the pacing, That's a totally lesson different planning, ball game. whole different ball game, man. And yeah, I'm telling you, to be it, able it, to tell people to like, shut the fuck up, you know, <laughs> not that anybody yeah. was like obnoxious yeah. in class, but you know what I mean? Like no, I can tell no. guys like, Hey man, you know, well, military to, to citizen training is yeah. uh, well, part a of that ball game. Yeah. Part of that. You, you got to know too, man. A big part of that is, is that crowd that you had in that class, they were there, they, they were there to, to learn and, you know, it, and, and, you know, they, they're there to learn from you and they were so motivated, uh, but they were also there to get down, man. It, I mean, it, it was, they, they were there to get rowdy and have a damn good time. And, you know, when, when it's time to work, you work when it's time to play play you know and and man we and we did too goodness gracious 100 percent had a good time saturday night <laughs> <laughs> that side by side was so fun oh uh, yeah man you know 80 do it doing 80 over every type of terrain <laughs> and a side by side we hit that no. hill down by the range going what like 50 something <laughs> Yes. And for the, for the folks listening, if, if you don't know, the, the hill that goes down to my range is steep. Um, it is steep and it's, it's a little rough getting out of there. So um, we hit that sucker doing, you know, every bit of 55 and just just scrambled up that thing and uh, came up it sideways. And uh, man, you talk about rowdy. Man, just, uh, smiling ear to ear. Oh, I love it. Ain't no party like a brush beater party. That's a, hey, that's right. That's right. McMedic saying in the comments, you wish you'd stay for the whole class. I wish you had too. Uh, yeah, you missed I wish out, you had too. We <laughs> you could have just rode on the back. Like, you might have not made it all the way up the hill. Nah, I had rode straps. He would have been all right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, speaking of Mech ratchet, Mech. here comes Mac. Oh, oh, that was a sick burn, Johnny. Oh, oh, well, he gets a, he gets a good one every once in a while. I mean, as many gay it, jokes as it's we rare. rag on him with. It's rare, but it happens. <laughs> it's rare, but it happens. What? What in the name of all that is holy is that? Did somebody just turn into Agent Smith? What was That's... that? <laughs> what, are you, what are you like I beaming people Mike down Mike... from the Enterprise or something? <laughs> I think there's a, there like, might be a uh... saw going in the background that you can hear. That, is that a saw? That okay. that it is. sounds like somebody's yeah. cutting yeah. some yeah. aluminum. Like, That's a saw, or somebody's got their microphone entirely too close to their headphone. <laughs> or or the Klingons are beaming down from their bird of prey. It could also be that. Now, which I personally think would be pretty cool. You know, I like how we can you know? nerd out, but we're still dangerous as fuck, and, and we throw yeah. down and get drunk and fuck. 
I mean, yeah. we fuck beautiful women, not not each other, obviously. 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 The I like how he has to clarify that. Never, never trust a Romulan. This is true. Facts. Never, ever trust a Romulan. However, I hear their ale is pretty good. That's what I heard. Heard it was heard it was banned in Federation space. That's how good it is. So I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's like Cuban rum. It's, it's pretty tasty stuff. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm kind of a Klingon blood wine guy myself. So you know, you know, it's uh, it's too strong for most humans. <laughs> I like whatever Bruce Willis was doing in. Uh... What the hell was that movie? Fifth Shit. Element? The Fifth, the fifth element. element, yeah. Yes, yes. Fifth Element. Fifth Element is... uh mm. Quality cinema. It, it, it is. It is Corbin Dallas Multipass. Yes. I am... Uh, <laughs> Lilu, Lilu Dallas Multipass. Oh. Was, uh, was quite a fan of Mila Jovich back then. Yes. Uh, She's cool in Resident Evil. She was she was not bashful in that movie either at all nah. at all at all not even a little bit yeah mm, <laughs> so anyway now that now that we nerded out for the evening it won't be the last time that we nerd out this evening but uh magmatic man what's been going on with you not uh, not a whole lot just uh, doing the work thing. Busy with Doing that. The work. Work. Indeed, so. Indeed. Just got finished reading the uh, amazing new book. Uh, had it for a day and a half, and I've already finished it. Um, so, <sighs> and that thing is absolutely fucking amazing. Well, thanks, brother. Thanks, brother. Thank, thank, thanks. I'm extremely thanks. impressed with that. Well, I think you might be a little biased. Just saying. Uh, a tad. Uh, maybe. A tad. Maybe. Maybe. But you haven't been to the RTO course. So no, it, it's I have all, not. Yeah, it's it's all new material for you. So it, it's but what what I will say is is that when I wrote the book, I set out to create a field manual that would be simple to follow that any literally anybody with zero knowledge base could pick up and they could successfully employ the Balfang radio in a wide variety of roles. And that that's it. Like, so, you know, in, in your assessment, does it, you know, does it accomplish that goal or, you know, I, I would think so. Uh, I'm going to have my wife read it uh, in the next couple of days and then we're yeah. going to try to go through some stuff. Um, it's in the manual. Um, so that'll be the true test of it. Um, but yeah, uh, my radio background is definitely, uh, a lot more on the aviation side. Um, so right. not as, not as, uh, as, as foundational in like antenna theory and stuff like that. So it, yeah, I think it hits the nail on the head and it's, it's written it, just like you said, it's none of it feels like you're trying to figure out how to make radio speak in a normal human conversation. It's just normal human right. conversation about radios. Right. Yeah. Cause that's, 
that's one of the things, man, is that the like the ham radio stuff. There's a lot of great references once you are in the ham radio world for a while. There's a lot of great references out there. But when when you when, when you're first getting started, man, that, that dude, it, it's an uphill battle. Like you just, and and like the, the thing is, man, is the ARRL, uh, the American Radio Relay League, has acknowledged this just in the past few years because uh, QST, which is their monthly publication. So for anybody who doesn't know, the, the American Radio Relay League is like the NRA for amateur radio. Um, it's, it's, it, that, that's kind of in the ham radio world that that's what we call them. Um, and you know, it, it, it has every bit the same love hate relationship, uh, that the NRA has with, with a lot of firearms owners out there and, um, maybe even more so, uh, maybe even more so, but, but that being said, just like with the NRA, the NRA puts out some very good publications and they do some really good things. Uh, you know, the, the NRA's basic instructor course, uh, or courses rather for, uh, firearms handling are very, very good and very well done. Um, you know, the ARRL acknowledged a few years ago that, you know, a couple of fundamental truths about amateur radio. One is that the hobby has a very strong, and yes, it is a hobby. Okay. Amateur radio is a hobby. There's a very strong dichotomy there between, the older hams that, you know, are retired guys and, you know, amateur radio is like social media for them. Um, you know, and, and they're the ones that people complain about on the repeaters and stuff a lot. Like newer hams complain about those guys. So, you know, it's just a bunch of fuds and they talking about geriatric stuff and, you know, whatever. And they like to make fun of those guys. Um which some of it's justified and some of it's not, you know, I, I don't like speaking in absolutes because there's, there's some old timers in the ham radio community that uh, have been extremely good to me and have taken me under their wing and taught me a lot of stuff, both locally. And uh, you know, some guys that uh, Madman and, and Johnny, you know, you know them uh, who I'm talking about. Key, key pounder. Some, yep. Yeah. Key, you know, key pounder is, I mean, I, I, he's, man, the skills that that guy has, both radio yeah. and, and yeah. firearms, he's taught me so much about shooting out to a thousand yards that I, oh, yeah. I just, I, I mean, I, like, I mean, oh, he's yeah. handed me a firearm before and he, he's been like, okay, uh, dial this and dial this and hold on the left edge of the target. Bam. First round hit at a thousand yards. And I'm like, damn, yeah. Key Pounder. He's, like, oh, he, you're he got, freaking he dangerous, got into dude. The thousand Yard Club. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. inducted Madman into the Thousand Yard Club too. Yep. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. He, with like not a, a particularly crazy rifle. It was like a regular yep. Remington rifle with like a good piece of glass, and he just had the right round and the right dope for it. And yeah, yeah, man. But my my point is though is is that there's there's a you you would never hear him on the local repeater. Really, he that's he's that's that's not his thing, um, and he's hit for his base of knowledge, which is huge because he comes from an engineering background. Um, you know, it, it's it's a the the whole amateur radio thing is is like 
Um, he can tell you how to do a lot of stuff and work with you on it, but still he's going to come from it at, at an engineering background. And when I met him and we, we, uh, we first interacted, um, you know, many, many years back, it was, I, I already knew a lot about radio stuff and, and, you know, I, I was already initiated into that world. And so we weren't really starting from scratch. We had a common, uh, understanding. And so when you have people that are coming at this from the, you know, the brand new angle, a lot of times it gets lost. And when you have, um, you know, the, the, maybe some older guys who, um, to put it nicely, maybe the social skills, social interaction skills are not their best suit anyway. Um, you know, they, they can, they can rub people the wrong way and, and the hobby really develops this dichotomy. And, um, you know, the, the amateur radio community used to have this thing that was very widespread called Elmering. And, you know, it, it, the, the younger hams would go to the amateur radio club and they would, um, you know, go to the meetings, they would hang out with some of the older guys and there would always be that one guy that would like take him on, take a new guy under his wing and teach him some stuff about electronics and whatever. And that's, it, it still exists in some respects, but a lot of that's kind of gone by the wayside. Um, but also there's this big technological gap too, that, that's been created where, you know, a lot of your older hams are, are not really going to be playing around with the, you know, new SDRs and stuff. And again, I'm speaking in broad terms, it's, it's not always correct, but you know, they, they're more interested in playing, you know, with the, the older equipment, more legacy equipment, super heterodyne receivers and, and stuff that, you know, is, is rapidly becoming, um, obsolete, you know, in, in, in the world of, you know, software defined equipment and, and modern uh, manufacturing methods. So the ARL has recognized there's this dichotomy and, and their monthly publication QST. Um, now with your membership, you can either get QST or you can get, um, they have another publication. I forgot what it's called. Cause I don't get it. Um, QST is more like engineering related and the new one is, uh, the, the newer publication that you can opt into is more like beginner level stuff. So they're acknowledging that there's this new, um, whole amateur radio crowd out there, this whole new horizon of young hams that are getting on the air and really don't have many opportunities to get the torch passed on to them for a lot of reasons. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of unfortunate in some respects. And then in others, it's, you know, maybe there's some reasons for it. It's just, it's all in how you look at it. Right. But, uh, I, I wrote the book, not from the ham radio perspective, even though all of that is certainly applicable to it. Okay. All of that cer certainly applicable to it, but it's, this is more for, if you find yourself in, you know, a, a threat environment. I mean, it's, it's the gorilla's guide to Baofeng radio. Um, as, as the one marginal review that I got so far, right. I got a whole bunch of uh, 14, five star reviews and one that was three stars. Right. And the, the one three star. And I mean, that's, that's fine. It's fair. Uh, everybody has a right to their opinion. You know, man, I, I appreciate that you got the book, but when when you the title of your review is this doesn't really have this doesn't offer much to amateur radio operators read the title of the book 
I mean, what did you think you were getting? Um, you know, the gorilla's guide to the Baofeng radio. I don't, I don't really understand what you thought you were getting out of that. Um, <laughs> I mean, it just, you know, it's, it's, it's funny to me. Um, but, uh, you know, a- anyway, whatever, I, you know, still again, Hey, to, you know, whoever you are out there, uh, thanks for buying the book, leaving, leaving, you know, your, your honest, fair review on that. Everybody else that's got it has, has been, you know, offering up some, some pretty good praise of getting, getting a lot on Twitter and getting a lot of good feedback on Twitter. And, uh, the one other thing about it is that, uh, a couple of people have reached out and they're like, man, the print and that's huge. Well, um, about that. So the book, when I wrote it, this is the very first book I've ever taken to a publication, by the way. Um, there was a, a, uh, formatting issue that did not appear in the proof version. The print was smaller in the proof version, but I did purposely make it larger than what you would normally see in, in a book of its size, not much larger, but big enough, right? There's a reason for that. So the, there's also a top spiral bound that's going to be coming out. Uh, by the end of this month, just after Christmas, uh, on the 29th. And I'm going to have the author's edition of the book coming out too, that I'll have for direct sale for, for anybody that doesn't want to purchase it through Amazon. And I know there's a lot of you out there. Uh, a lot of you out there have reached out to me so much so that I've, I've said like, please stop emailing me right now so that I can get caught up on, on all the people that are trying to get into class and get caught up from, you know, spending almost a week and a half down in Texas. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm thrilled to death at at the responses. This book is selling like crazy. Uh, it's way, way more than I thought that that it was going to do. Um, but you know, anyhow, um, the top spiral bound version of the book, and I have the, the proof in hand, the top spiral bound version of the book, is is like a standard field manual and so it was it was proportioned well to that specifically and that that was what it was written for um but you know the common complaint about the top spiral bound books which i've done seven others that were uh kind of obscure military field manuals um was that the the print was small and that people were having a hard time reading it without reading glasses or whatever, even though, you know, I can read it fine and, you know, but you know, I I'm, I'm still under 40. So, um, you know, I get it and, and there's size to be taken into the field, but, but a lot of people said, you know, they wanted, um, when I gave early feedback or, or solicited early feedback on the book, what did you want to see out of it? A lot of people said, you know, something that I can sit down and read and actually read. And so that was what I was going for. This book's a, you know, a little bit larger than what you would get in a standard field manual. The print's a little bit bigger, so you can you can sit there and read it. Um, that's the reason for that. And, and so I, I wrote it in a very simple, uh, easy to read format, you know, and, and um, it, it, it's hopefully, you know, you, you can follow it, learn from it, and you can pick up any model of Baofeng Radio, by the way. Any, any model out there, it, it's, you know, doesn't matter what it is, um, but any model of the Baofeng radio that is front panel programmable, 
meaning it's it's got the dial pad and everything on it because they the the graphic user interface on them are all pretty much the same right uh you can pick up any of those and use them all and and it carries over to all of them i've got a lot of emails that from people saying you know hey i i like your book um does this apply to other models of Baofeng's other than the UV5R? Yes, uh, 100% it does. And, and in fact, uh, a couple of the pictures that I have in the book are of the Baofeng 152, which is my favorite. Um, that, that's the one that, that I am carrying daily. I've got a whole lot of them. Um, that is my, my go-to radio. And when you read the book, you're going to understand what all uh, you know I'm doing with it. And what all you can do with it too. I laid it out step by step by step. Uh, so um, anyhow, just Jay in the comments saying on the air is a great mag for the newer users. That's it. Uh, that is it. That's the one. Um, I knew it, it's been a minute since I've, I've really paid much attention to QST. Uh, so, you know, I get it and it kind of just goes in a pile. Because uh, this isn't really a whole lot of new stuff for me. Um, I I do now. I will say uh, other books, and and then I'm going to shut up and continue because I got two more, two more of the hombres in the queue. Uh, but the other books that I would say, like this, this is a foundational text, and I've got more coming. Um, I have a book on signals intelligence that I am currently writing. Um, so that one. I don't want to give a timeline on that one just yet, uh, but it will be quarter one, uh, 2023, when it will be out. Um, for that, I am 100% certain. I told you that the Balfang book would be out before Christmas. I meant it, and I do what I say. Uh, I mean what I say, and I do what I claim, and we made that happen. Uh, so the Signals Intelligence book is going to be next, and after that, very quickly, Following that is going to be a book on HF uh, for high frequency because I get a lot of questions about that as well. Uh, HF radio specifically. And so all the things that you would expect, antennas, radio equipment, training techniques, um, operating digitally, all the different modes out there, everything that you might need, uh, everything that you might need. The SIGINT, SIGINT book is the one that I think is really going to take people for surprise. Uh, because there's only one other book I know of that's been that even broaches the the topic in a proper way, and it's 40 years old. So and 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 out of print. So it, it, that's it. This is going to be, and I've got some other good ideas too. I've got some other neat book ideas, more of the uh, the grimier edge of of uh, survivalism of prepping that's out there. Maybe some of the stuff that that people may not always be comfortable talking about, but uh, you know, living in a cashless society being one of them. How how you do that? Uh, how you do that? A more realistic picture of you know the the uh, SHTF type stuff and and uh, trade and barter and. Uh, how all of that stuff works with the the omnipresent eye of Sauron on all of us. But uh, anyhow, anyhow, with that said, uh, Johnny Paratrooper. Hey, buddy. Did not give you a proper introduction. How's my audio? Am I, am, do I sound good, loud and clear over here? Oh, yeah. You are Lima Charlie. Oh, right. Chicken, brother. 
Uh, licking chicken is, uh, you know, we said that over the radio once in Baghdad and I got my fucking ass smoked off for the rest of the day. Yeah. They were like, they were like, Hey, let's get those, uh, 12 o'clock radio checks over. And, and I was like, yeah, I'll read you licking chicken over. And they were like, come see me. And <laughs> come <to the> talk. <laughs> they were like, come find me. <laughs> I was like, ah, damn it. <laughs> um anyway i'm doing good i just uh you know i uh purchased a house recently and uh Maddie yeah. and i are both planning out our um planning out our our plans for the for the houses uh obviously we did an, a number on the old bank accounts closing on a house but uh right now i'm pricing up new insulation in the attic my insulation is settled and uh it's probably rocking like an r5 right now and it sh it was supposed to be an r5 uh 19 per code when the house is built but it's definitely settled it was cellulose insulation i'm i'm fixing to do some uh rock wool or mineral wool and uh or just hit it with plain old-fashioned uh f fiber blown in fiberglass if the uh ceiling cannot support the rock wool because that is heavier by the square foot especially when you start getting towards 20 inches of that stuff. But, um, yeah. and then another thing I'm uh, getting ready to do is I'm planning a uh, new HVAC system. I got my first electric bill. It was damn $400, man. I remember growing up being 19 years Ooh. old, and Ooh. 19 years old. And I remember my first electric bill when I was 19 years old was like 70 bucks. And that hurt. Cause you know, when you make, you know, $900 a month, when you're 18 years old, you know, $70 a month is a lot of money, but looking back, man, shit, like shit, man, the price per kilowatt hour or something. I don't know. I need to write an article about this and post it up on the old AP because damn dude is, is getting out of, it's going to get worse. It's going to get so, a lot worse. Yeah. So I'm, I'm right now before it gets way worse right now, a HV, a brand new high efficiency, uh hvac system that that meets all of the new uh i believe it's sear 19 or sear 18. i, I can't remember if that's a, a new code for uh electrical uh efficiency um and uh i i am going to right now it's like on the bleeding edge of if you replace your whole unit i'm talking i'm talking everything humidifier uh your air handler and your compressor outside if you, uh, I'm on electric, I got a heat pump with AC and, um, some of y'all might say that's my problem, but remember, I don't live in the middle of the Rocky mountains in Montana when it's zero degrees. I don't need a, the world's most powerful wood burning stove. I just need it to stay above 50, you know, anyway, um, I, uh, right now it's on the bleeding edge of if you pull your whole system out and you replace it, the savings on the electric bill will pay for the unit within two years. Now, as soon as everybody realizes that, um, it, you know, they'll figure it out. But, uh, you know, for me, I don't drive, you know, a pickup truck to work every, or I don't drive a pickup truck around for no reason. Right. So I'm not spending twelve hundred a month on my gas bill for my for my vehicle, my fuel bill for my vehicle. I got a little I got a little uh, hatchback, you know, it gets like 40 miles to the gallon. Um, so I, I got the savings. I haven't burned through all my savings on on my fuel bill like. I mean, I, I can't imagine. I couldn't imagine driving a truck right now. I mean, it, whew, man, that would hurt. I just, I just bought a uh, to celebrate buying a house. You know, the the first month, it, uh, 
when you buy a house, you know, a lot of lenders, you know, the first month is free, quote unquote, like you don't owe, you don't owe them anything for the first month, which is kind of cool. Um, so I decided to spend that on something that I've always had my eye on and I bought myself a Leupold Mark IV, uh, 20 by 60 by 80 millimeter objective lens, tactical milling reticle spotting scope with a matching tripod. And I'm a, I'm a, ta I'm a TMR guy for my reticles. So, uh, right. wait, man, and I'm shooting 80% with a spotting scope that does not have any reticle in it. I'm shooting uh, upwards of 80% out to 600. Um, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm fixing to try to get that up in the nineties. And then, uh, for, uh, when I'm dialed in at a thousand, I'm, I'm, I'm getting about one in five on target with some, with some good ammo and uh, with that good, good. And so I'm fixing to try to get that towards two or three, um, two or three out of five, out of a five round magazine at a thousand. Uh, we'll see. I'm definitely going to go test that, uh, this Sunday. So we'll find out, but, um, I'm excited. It's, uh, it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. I've always wanted one of these spot scopes. I've always thought the idea of a spot and scope or binoculars with a reticle with matching reticle so that you, your shooter and the spotter are both speaking the same language. There ain't no guesswork. Um, yeah. I, I've always thought that is a game changer, especially, you know, I mean, we say one shot, one kill, but it's really more like one shot, one correction as, uh, right. as our friend in the comment section li likes to say. And right. uh, I believe, I believe he right. goes by sharpshooter and it really is the truth. I mean, I've seen the best of the best shooting before and really, I mean, they miss often as almost as often as anyone else. Um, so the, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I mean, a lot going on, a lot going on right now. I got a design in addition, got to design a pool house. I got a lot going on, man. I got a lot on my plate. I'm pumped. I just got to plant some grass. <laughs> what up? <laughs> Bro, next time you're down here, I can hook you up with some good grass seed from up there or, or four up there. Um, they, they, they probably plant a lot of creeping bent grass, right? I got actually mine is looks like it's mostly um, fescue, tall fescue, oh, and uh, maybe, I got maybe a lot some of seed Kentucky bloom in there. How much you need? Um, I got a lot. Uh, you know, I actually I went through my shed when I was moving. I found yeah. like four kind of sort of filled 50 pound contractor mix bags that I've been like hoarding forever. And oh, cool. uh, I, man, I've made that shit cool. grow on concrete before. So I'm oh, gonna, I, I threw that down. Kentucky 31. Get rid of the mud pit. Kentucky 31 tall fescue grow anywhere, man. Like, don't ask yeah. me how I know, but I know it'll grow in the carpet of a truck. I, I believe it. Oh, I yeah. kid you not. It will sprout in the carpet of a truck, specifically a 1987 Chevy three quarter ton. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't happen to be olive green, is it? No, no, no. It was white. No, oh, not that one. It was no, 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 not that. That one don't have no carpet. Oh no, that's an eighty. Oh, that's just like straight metal floor. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's, right. that's that's metal, bro. That's metal. Man, we're gonna have to go. Uh, the ground will be frozen by the time I get down there next time. We're gonna have to take that thing out. Yeah, she. So she is the opposite. The K five Cuckby is the opposite of the side by side. 
it is uh it is a tortoise <laughs> but it looks good doing it just saying i'm just saying <laughs> hey the rule of cool is the rule number one that's right oh you look good doing it you look whatever it is you're doing in that thing you look good doing it you're gonna freeze your balls off in it though man goodness gracious yeah i'll be all right Mm, 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 mm. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. You know, there, there's enough heat coming off of the motor and off the transmission because there, there literally is no insulation between you and it. So it, it'll keep you warm, <laughs> warm enough. <laughs> keep you warm enough. Yeah. Won't freeze no the FBI. Yeah, you know, you'd be all right. Good enough, anyway. Good enough. I don't know, man. I think, good enough, good I think enough. we're we're in for it this this winter. And it's something man. we're we've got an ice we're, storm, well, a snowstorm that's uh, still in the forecast for the twentieth of December. Like they're they're not backing off of it. So for Central North Carolina, that that's what we're supposed to get, and it's like it's not unheard of, but because I mean, you know, I remember like early 2000s, you know, we got some, we got some weather. We got an ice storm one time, the early 2000s. I don't remember which year, but uh, it was like maybe 2000, maybe 2001. Um, we got an ice storm right before Christmas because I uh, went hog hunting that day. And I was telling them down in Texas about that because, I mean, dude, it, it was still 80 degrees down there. But, uh, I mean, it ain't now, but it, it was while we were while we were out in the field. But um, for us to be getting snow for Christmas, I don't know. I got a bad feeling about this winter, man. This is going to be a rough one. Yeah, we're getting a nice storm right now. My truck was completely covered in like a quarter inch of ice this morning. It took like a half hour to defrost it. <sighs> it was rough. Boss called me. He's like, hey, man, roads are fine. Where are you at? And I was like, brother, I'm still waiting on my damn truck to thaw out. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be a minute. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Goodness gracious! You can just dump hot water on it, you know, like the, like that one guy oh, on Twitter. Man, it's, it's not my the hot water on his window, and it just yeah, his window just, just shattered through the window. A couple <laughs> years back, we had a snowstorm coming through. I think it was like 2018, 20 yeah, twenty eighteen. And there was a guy going around, like legitimately telling people to just thaw their windshields out with hot water. And I was like, could you, could you not? Could you just fucking not? He got the award that day. That's all I can say. You get the award that day. The dumbass award. That's yes. kind of like that's kind of like when you tell somebody in the middle of the hot sun in Texas or like Montana or Wyoming. It's like, yeah, go ahead and wash the car uh, after lunch. And it's like it cracks, your, it cracks your windshield is what it does. It cracks your yeah, windshield every yeah, time. Yeah, dude, it does that here. It does that here? Like it's yeah. I mean, I guess if your car is hot enough, your car is hot enough. You know, it's uh, especially yeah. if it's been sitting in the sun all day long. But you know, up up uh, up up in the mountains, it's like you you got that extra energy coming out of that UV because you're not. It's not going through so much atmosphere or humidity. But yeah, right. yep, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, it'll do it all all days of the year, for I'll sure. But the the, the water coming out of the ground though, in uh, the water coming out of the ground in in Montana and Wyoming, 
is like 37 degrees. So when it hits your windshield. Yeah, that's true. That's true, man. Oh, especially Wyoming. That water is cold. Yeah, it's because it was it's because it was ice a month ago and it's about to be ice a month later. You know, there's yeah, there's three. There's only uh, there's only three seasons in Wyoming. There's this winter, next winter and last winter. This is true. <laughs> and it snows in, in Wyoming. It snows every month of the year. Yeah. Somewhere in Wyoming. Yeah, I've been on uh, I've been on a mountain in the middle of uh, July riding yep. a horse down the mountain to go to a 4th of July pool party. Yep. And I was getting snowed on with a 50 mile an hour head on full value wind. Yep. And, uh, and it was like clumps of flurries the size of a golf ball. And it was damn near about to take me off my horse. And I was, uh, I was not dressed for that. Uh, obviously. I mean, I knew it was Wyoming. Obviously I brought a jacket and a windbreaker, but I was not dressed for that. Like it, dude, it, it turns yeah. on, it turns on you in a heartbeat. I was hugging my horse to try and stay warm, and uh, and I had to, I was in that for like two hours. It was uh, it was brutal. Mm. It was brutal. Mm. It's not as bad as the time that uh, I left my jacket on the back of the truck once. Similar situation, and uh, of course it took my jacket, my gloves, my hat all the way down to the next mountain range. And uh, so I was stuck on the side of a mountain with, um, I had a white beater on. I had my uh, short sleeve t-shirt, jeans, and cowboy boots. That's all I had on all weekend. And uh, I made it. I mean, you know, the human body's pretty tough. It feels like you're about to tap out. But just remember, you know, somebody tougher did it once before you. And uh, so it is possible, you know, just just keep moving. Don't lay down like a bitch and freeze to death. But uh yeah, it was, that was bad. That was when we uh, we were working uh, the trails for the Forest Service and um, cutting cutting fire trail. And whew, yep. buddy, I uh, I was I was I was about to tap out. They uh, and the cowboys that I was working with, you know, they're not going to give me a jacket. Like I got to learn my lesson. You know, um, those are old cowboys. Like they ain't going they ain't going to let me borrow their jacket. But um, yeah, no. yeah, it was no. cold, man. My horse kept me warm for right. sure. They, they're gonna look at you like you need you need to grow some balls and toughen up, and you won't do that shit next time. Yeah, to top it off, actually, I locked myself out of the truck, which was even oh. more fun. And luckily, it was an old GMC, so you can open those up with a, with a friggin' uh, uh, with a flathead. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you can start them and open them up with a flathead. But uh, yeah, um, the or a coat hanger. Yeah, I mean they they just pop right. Up. If they're old enough, they just open right up. But um. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, locked myself out of the truck and I slept in the bed of the truck. If you call that sleeping, if, if you, anybody with a Ranger tab or Airborne tab knows what I'm talking about, or a Trident or yeah. Long tab, you've been there. It's possible. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it hurts. Oh, it, it's I've done it many times, but it's uh, you know, it builds character. Yeah, there's. There's easier ways to learn that lesson. <laughs> it build, it builds solid character. So, Gentlemen. so we anyhow, to introduce Patriot Man. Patriot Man's been sitting in here from the beginning. He's like, "Hey, I'm just gonna hang out in the comments <laughs> He's section." Like, hey, motherfuckers! Hey, what's up, motherfuckers? Uh, I was actually folding my laundry listening to you guys, so it was a good use of my time. Um, but uh, yeah, how's everyone doing tonight? You know. Everyone, everyone doing well? I joined a little bit late. I joined like 10 minutes in 
Uh, I, was, I was busy doing some stuff. I had to make my protein shake from the gym and, uh, and get myself situated. Protein shake, also known as tequila. <laughs> I actually have a blood test in the morning, so I got I'm behaving myself tonight. Um, oh. But I will say, I, 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 Scott, I texted you this. Um, yeah. I, you know, like when when anyone who lifts knows that when you hit like a PR, like you go into like instant barbarian mode, where you just like feel oh, yeah. like you could just take a pike and charge like a legion of Roman Roman legionnaires. You know, just like fuck shit up. I was doing leg press today. And I hit the new PR of uh, 1,200, which I was quite proud of. Um, I did a progression of uh, 540, 630, 728, 20, 920, 1010 for five, and then I did 1060 for three, 1150 for one, and 12 for one. And um, I see you down there, Mechmatic, you fucker. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I was pretty fucking pumped about that, and then um, I came home, was doing some stuff, and then I looked at the time, and I was like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> I got a kid on the podcast." And then you know, I uh, heard about three life stories while I was sitting here folding my laundry, and and now I'm here. Hey, that yeah. was a subtle roast. <laughs> yeah, as I'm talking, I looked down, I was like, oh, "This motherfucker right here." Do what? <laughs> did did, did you did you see what he wrote in the comments? He wrote, he's going to make some lucky woman a good house bitch one day. I did, uh, yeah. Hey, man. You'll be all right. You'll be all I got, right. I got thick skin. You find you a rich girl. That's what it is. <laughs> find you a rich girl and, you know, just take care of her. Get you a sugar mama. You know? Mm, pay for everything. Like the That's of right. A doctor or a lawyer. Hey, look, you know. I mean, get you a sugar mama. You know, her profession, her, her profession could be, you know, professional alimony collector. Don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there's plenty of them in New Jersey. I'm just saying. Nah, they all marry army guys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they ain't getting no alimony out of army, dude. I'm going to tell you that. No, but they get tried here for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, they they get maybe what a thousand dollars in a smile, right? It's a fake nah. smile. See, our army women got it figured out though. They got it figured out because they go from one to the next. Yeah, like, there's there's twenty five year old dudes with six packs everywhere. There's you know ten thousand on every single yeah, base, in the and, and they don't have to work very hard for it either. It's it's like you know, like like a brag. If if you go to the the Big Apple. Brag, like I mean, come on, you know, like every every woman in there has got, you know, got that little that little indention on her finger where she, you know, just, she had a ring on, she took it off, like, you know, and know what you're here for. Yeah, um, there's there's two types of women at Fort Bragg. There's women who were brought there, and there's women who were left there. <laughs> but um, yeah, <laughs> it's true, it's true. You just don't, I mean, it's one of the things like growing up in North Carolina, you just know, stay out of Fayetteville and don't, just don't go down there. Like, don't go down there. Don't go in. And, you know, the whole time I was at Fort Bragg, man, I ain't, you know, I, which I mean, I was, I was mostly settled down at that point anyway. 
but um it's just like nah you know see you nah you you're gonna get something you don't want down here uh uh, John McClain says in the comments, stay away from Sharkies. I heard that Sharkies wasn't open anymore. Yeah. I haven't been to Trump signed an initiative. Trump signed an initiative to go after all the sex trafficking around the army bases because they were blackmailing all the soldiers. And the CID, FBI, and local PD shut that shit down. It, they shut all down. over the country. All over the country. They shut that kind of stuff Man. down. You know they were bringing in Russian and Ukrainian women towards the end, though, right? Like, like after Obama's first term, there was like Ukrainian and Russian women running around everywhere. I know they the had bars. they had one hell of a lunch buffet. I know that. The only place you could go, you go in there. They got a steak buffet going on. You know, I liked twenty five cent pitcher night. You yeah. me you remember twenty five cent pitcher night on Mondays? I, I maybe. I mean, I'm not saying you need to admit that on 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 a live recording. I'm, I'm just I saying. Might know. I I might have seen the sign when I was driving down Bragg Boulevard. You know, I might I I, I might recall such events. <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of led to non recollections once or twice. Just saying. <sighs> so man, that that's actually a tragedy that that. That place has been shut down, man. Where will all the uh, lonely Joes from the Deuce go? Where Where do they go now? Where, I mean, they had back in the day, man. They had Sharkies. They have Victorias. Yeah, but like yep. the last time. I think the last time I went to Fayetteville. I'm trying to remember when it was. Um, yeah, it's been a minute, man. And Bragg Boulevard was pretty much a ghost town. Like they they got the bypass. And it's pretty much shut down, so it's like, man, dude, interesting. What, what did, oh, there's what did there's Joe there's still a few uh, still a few streetwalkers that'll uh, roam it at odd hours of the day. Oh yeah, well yeah, uh, like the one that fucking cat called me. <laughs> she wanted to get her some mech medic. That's what it was. <laughs> She said, "Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get me some mech medic, and I'm gonna chase that down with some Mad Dog 2020." I mean, I mean, who, who doesn't, who doesn't want a little bit of mech medic? I mean, let's. Which parts oh. the mech? And which parts the medic? Oh. <laughs> oh. I didn't, I didn't know I had a minimum requirement <laughs> until I saw right. that woman, and I was like, I apparently that's not enough teeth. You're like, minimum look, man, two. I got standards. <laughs> I got standards. They so, might be low, but they're standards. Speaking speaking of things that make you go, <laughs> Sam Brenton. Sam Brenton. As so, soon as you started that segue, I knew exactly where the fuck you were going with that. <laughs> yeah, yep. I'm disturbed. Dude, 53 minutes into this show, it's time we get some work done. Sam yeah, Brenton, so it's time to rake this thing over the coals. Uh, Sam Brenton, the the uh, the panty thief, uh, panty thief at Harry Reid International Airport. <laughs> you can't make this up. You can't make this up. It's Harry Reid International Airport, of course, uh, named after uh, Senator Harry Reid from Nevada. Um, that uh, whenever I hear of, of Harry Reid, I think, and, and 
with this context, I think of Harry Reams, um, <laughs> this uh, uh, famous uh, pornographic actor uh, from way, way back in the day. But uh, any, <laughs> anyhow, um, so Sam Brenton, Sam Brenton here, who was stealing. So in case you missed this, he did not check any baggage on a flight that he was flying on uh, and arriving out in Las Vegas uh, for what, who knows and who cares. Uh, but this thing was flying out there, didn't check any baggage, goes to the baggage terminal and is stealing women's clothes. Um, he, he stole a bag. He was taking clothes out of it. This is what this guy was doing. Okay. And, and yeah, he's a guy. Okay. Um, and now, of course, he is in jail on a couple of felony counts, and he has been terminated from his position in the Biden administration as the nuclear waste disposal, uh, the nuclear waste disposal czar, uh, yeah. supervisor, policymaker. And I, a couple of things I want to say about this, and I'll turn it over. Um, you know, like we, sit, we make a lot of comments about this guy in jest because he is a complete basket case from top to bottom. Um, you can't tell me that they didn't have somebody way more qualified and could pass a psychiatric exam for this position. Uh, they hired this guy for obvious reasons because it looked good to the administration, uh, the nut jobs in this administration. Because they don't care anything about actual qualification or job skill or anything else. They just want to check a box. The problem here is, is that this, this guy is in charge of nuclear waste. And that to the, the laity out there may not seem like it's a big deal. It's actually a huge deal because you need nuclear waste to make nuclear weapons. Okay, you need nuclear waste in order to make a dirty bomb. Remember just a few months back, they were talking about dirty bombs a whole lot. Oh, dirty bomb, dirty bomb this, dirty bomb that, right? Oh, we're scared of a dirty bomb. Dirty bomb might go off. Dirty bomb, New York City. You need your bug out bag, New York City, because dirty bombs might go off, right? This this is what they were worried about. Well, this is the guy that is in charge of making sure that the nuclear waste that is used with these weapons are properly disposed of and that they are securely taken care of, right? So they brought this guy in, and, and at the macro level, so he's obviously mentally ill, horribly mentally ill, mentally disturbed, uh, of, of zero morality uh, whatsoever. And, you know, I, I really don't care. People are like, oh, but why are you saying that? Because of his lifestyle choice? Yeah, I am. Uh, I, I, I 100% absolutely am. Because there, there is very clearly defined psychiatric issues with this guy that he should not be holding a security clearance in any way, shape, or form. And there was a period of time not that long ago to where your security clearance would be revoked. It would be put on interim, but it would absolutely be revoked. 
for psychiatric problems. And that led to a lot of guys in my former line of work who wouldn't go get help for problems that they knew that they had because they were scared that their clearances would get yanked for it. Right. Which it would. It would after 11, after 11 sessions. I know because they told me they're like, so this is your 11th session. After this, you lose your clearance. And I was like, well, shit. Like, you know, (laughs) well, guess what I'm about to do. I was, uh, I came into the office one day and I badged in just fine. And I went down to the office and, uh, tried to log in and I could log in just fine. I had zero database access. Yep. Couldn't access anything. And I went to the security officer and he was like, oh yeah, because it's because, you know, you've been going to see somebody. And I was like, right, but isn't yep. there like that executive order that says like the exact opposite that you can't do this because it's it's combat related? It's not like national it's not security anything override. Else. They don't care. And, uh, they, they can use a national yeah, security override for anything. Yeah, it was, uh, yep. that was upsetting. Yeah, I was on I was on global readiness and you got twenty-four hours notice. You couldn't be blabbing. And if you're a talker, they don't want you on the team. Yep. That, that's that was my case. And that's a national security thing. You're you're global readiness force. You need to be ready. And that's it. And you need to jump out of the plane when you're told to. Chavagato in, in the comments saying they put Brenton in to shove depravity in our, or his depravity in our face. Yeah, that, that's that's 100% correct, brother. Um, and it's it's not just that. It, it's, it is a slap in the face, but even more so at the macro level, it, it he's there because he will rubber stamp anything that they want to do. All right. He's, they're, they're not going to put people in these positions of authority who are going to say no. Right. No, 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 no. You're you're not going to do that. This policy is bad. I'm not going to allow you to take, um, you know, X amount of fissionable nuclear material, nuclear rate, you know, enriched uranium here, which is what happens when it goes through a nuclear centrifuge. And we're not going to allow you to take this and, you know, utilize it for nefarious purposes. Right. We're going to blow the whistle on that he's going to look the other way because they, they have something on him. He's inherently compromised. And so they know that. Right. And that's why they put him in there. The thing is, the reason he's getting fired now and they're going to rake him over the coals uh, at Harry Reams international is because he, he made them look bad in public. You know, it, it, it you can't hide this at a certain point. You can no longer hide the rot. And that, that's what this is. And they're, they're going to put somebody else who's, uh, equally as stupid and incompetent and equally a basket case. They're, they're going to find somebody else to put in there. Um, you know, it was just like with, with all uh, stanky leg, uh, you know, they, they, they get rid of her because it was exposed what she was doing, what she was there for the, the, the quote unquote disinformation campaign stuff was uh, really just censorship. And, and once it got exposed and she got exposed, you couldn't hide it. There, there was no way to hide it. You know, what what we uh, were putting up on American Partisan, what Darren Beatty was putting up over on Revolver, stuff that was coming out, um, you know, that was widespread. There was no way that you could hide any of that stuff. And then right after that, she she goes away and they have a new person in this disinformation board. Right. They, they never really, truly got rid of it and they never will. That's that's the thing. 
they, this is what they want, and they're going to make sure that it happens. The problem is that in their hubris, they told everybody about it, and they're learning their lesson as they go. But then Stanky Leg turns around, and she becomes uh, a, a registered foreign intelligence agent because that's what she did, working on part of the British, by the way, uh, very interestingly. And there, there's, a, there's probably a whole podcast that I could do just on, on those connections there, those modern connections. The British are not our friends. Uh, they are not our friends. So you know, King Charles anymore. and his hell not. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, King Charles and his, his merry band of, of inbreds uh, over there, they, they are not our friends. Now, the British people, the British people in Britain, you know, wonderful. I, I don't have anything against them at all. But the British government, no. The, uh, there's also they're, they're not our the historical corporate angle from the Lend-Lease program when we basically bought Britain's empire during World War II and they bankrupted themselves selling it to us. We kind of, yep. like, I mean, that's true. You could, that, that is mainstream history, y'all. Like, yep. And uh, so there's a little bit of animosity there uh, for sure, just on part of the fact that we basically, you know, took their success. Because Germany, you know, bankrupted them i mean they 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 it cost them their empire for sure and and obviously britain was having trouble ever since the boer wars really um well actually probably ever since you know we started knocking their front teeth in because you know they they would just take our stuff and take our uh fishing rights and they'd take our, they, they did impressment and they'd take our rivers from us and they'd dam up rivers and they'd uh if you were trapping on their, you know, Hudson Bay Trapping Company, like Hudson Bay Fur Company. I mean, you know, look, look all that stuff up, man. They, uh, they, they, not, they weren't just fighting with the French, but they were fighting amongst themselves over it. And yep. uh, really, it, it just went all up to the officers and and the landed gentry, and they were. Uh, it 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 is a it's a fact that the um, original colonial expeditions from England to the U.S., uh, to the colonies, were um, 50 percent managerial class. And they actually were under strict orders to not do any work because the other people that were the other 50 percent were uh, basically debt slaves and had had purchased or been sent here because they uh, they were debtors and um, their job was to work and uh, typically uh, truck fur uh, trade for tobacco and to uh, um, harvest timber for shipbuilding so they could conquer the world. I know all yep. of that stuff because I went to school for nine years for a history degree. <laughs> Lots of people go to school for nine years. Yes. They're called doctors. <laughs> yeah. Tommy Boy, anybody seen Tommy Boy? Uh, no. Yes, I knew I, that. I love that joke. <laughs> that and uh, Van Wilder. Van Wilder. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The the lovely Ryan Reynolds, always delightful. That guy, Ryan Reynolds, always delightful. And Tara Reid, early two thousands Tara Reid, not yeah, buddy. not twenty twenty two Tara Reid. No, thank you. No, she aged like milk, man. Yeah, like Ooh, like so butter, good. like a fine table butter. <laughs> she Got she aged like like shrimp. Mm. She aged like shrimp in the summertime. Man, 
Mm. I think the, yeah. the last movie Tara Reed was in was Sharknado 3. Uh, so she she had a chainsaw looked... for hand. <laughs> she looks... Nothing like about that sentence at any time did I know what was about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Madman, you were saying she, she looked... How, how did she look? Oh, she looks like my fishing cooler smells. (laughs) (laughs) Which is awful. Oh, man. I may have have left a couple of uh, yellow perch and a couple of striped bass in there a few times. You don't forget that they're in there either. Like, they remind you. They remind oh, yeah. you that they're in there. No, I mean, you forget when you, when you put them in there and then you're like, all right, let's go celebrate. And then you go drinking for like eight hours and then you get back at 2 a.m. and you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, shit, dude. Mm-hmm. It's like 80 degrees and those fish are still in that cooler in the back of the truck. Those probably smell gross. Yeah, it's just one of them that like, you know, you got to get them out, but you don't because you're scared to. You're like, I, I don't want to do this, but I got to. My brother called me down to his house because he knew I had a gas mask, and I put my gas mask on to empty out his cooler one time. Oh. It didn't help. You could still smell it. It was gross. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Bo diggity, don't be a pussy. You might want to check the... <laughs> oh. You might want to check the expiration date on that M40... Mask, uh, man. You know, the canister <laughs> like, was pretty Because it's supposed to block seal was bad. So. Well, you know, I had a little bit of a beard going on. I think that the seal was bad more so than anything. Oh. You know, you can't walk up to it and then put the mask on, right? You got to put the mask on and then walk up to it. Oh, no. Like, I, I like, you know, out of the car, put the mask on, sealed it, did the seal test, walked up, opened it. But the seal test, yeah. I don't know. That that sounds like a story to me. It was bad mask. Mm. I don't have it anymore for a reason. I know the the straps go bad on those things. Maybe that was it. The ones that have the rubberized straps, probably the way to go. Mm. I don't know. That's Um, what I know. Sam Britton. So, so anyhow, talking about things <laughs> anyway. <laughs> How about so there, there's him, but it gets better, right? This, this is a story with him, you know. And you know what you, you know what you're getting with that, like it, you know this dude's a nut job and whatever. Um, what about the colonel? What about that colonel that that posed the pup for his? Yeah, he, he posed for his uniform with his dog fetish mask on. Yeah, he's going to get his ass brought through the ringer. Because, and I don't think it wouldn't have been a story if, and I know you saw this too because it's the same. You know, we have the same uh, circle on Twitter. When when yeah. when our, when when that group started to really roast him and it really started to spread, I'd like to think that contributed in some part. If it wasn't for social media being like, "Look at this fucking joke." I don't think anyone would have taken any action on it. And now they're doing the whole investigation. And um, I don't think it's going to end well for them because I think there's still, um, despite 
the way the military is trending in some aspects, there's still that modicum of no, this is unacceptable, and we are going to make a absolute fucking example out of you. So I, I know how they're gonna how do, they're gonna make an example out of them. So they're not gonna get them for 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 that, right? But what they're gonna do is like because they caught some guys doing some funny stuff in the unit I was in, and um, yes, I remember. Yeah, they I, caught a lot of guys. I, oh, there was there was much more than that. Uh, so one guy that got caught, and this I thought this was interesting. So they, they, they couldn't get him for, you know, his sexual preferences, right? Because, you know, wasn't illegal. Couldn't, and, you know, don't ask, don't tell. You can't nail him for that. But uh, what he was is, one, he was kind of a jerk. So they were kind of looking for a reason, right? And, uh, and two is when confronted on this and, you know, like adultery is against the law, obviously, because uh, he was married and was uh, faking, faking it till he, till he got busted. Um, and he got busted for a really silly reason. But uh, he was, you know, he was a homosexual. And uh, so and his, 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 um, so when they confronted him about it, he lied about it. And he lied to his chain of command. So they didn't get him for actually being gay. They got him for lying about it. And they weren't asking him whether or not he was gay. They were asking him, hey, like, your wife's fixing to, you know, take you for a no-fault divorce. Like, you're toast buddy like we're gonna we need to honestly work towards solving this problem like also you're kind of a joke now and you have to switch units because there ain't no way you're gonna survive around here anymore like ain't nobody taking orders from you after what you did and um and so and uh it was pretty pretty silly i don't want to get too specific but um it, it was it was dumb it was funny dumb like uh, like out of a raunchy teen comedy movie, funny, and um, it always is too. Yeah, it was it was it was level is not there, you know. And um, so yeah, he lied about it, and that's what got him and his ass uh sent to the taken to the ringer. Well, so I want to address something. Um, Bo Diggity in the comments, uh, yeah, he's retired. Uh, well, here, here's the deal for officers. It, it you have to understand something when you are first of all he is a colonel okay um you know this isn't somebody who you know this isn't a captain like i, kn- I knew a captain one time as a company commander got a dui he just disappeared like that was it he's gone don't know what happened to him he disappeared right you know this isn't this isn't some some new butter bar uh, this guy's a colonel. And when you are a retired officer, right, you can be recalled to duty. And and you can be recalled to duty and subject to UCMJ for these types of behaviors. Right. Um, this is why this is why you don't see more um, senior level officers that make statements, even after they've retired, they, they have to be out for a significant amount of time before they, because they, there's a window that they, you don't make political statements. You know, this is one of the things with uh Stuart Scheller, oh, Lieutenant Colonel Scheller this is one of the big things about his case. Um, so as it applies to this Colonel in question here, um, he, no, he he. What's going to happen to him? And this this is all going to happen quietly. By the way, they don't expect the media to cover this for obvious reasons. 
what's going to happen to him. He's going to get recalled to duty, and I expect him to get reduced in rank, probably to lieutenant colonel, but they may even knock him down to major. Um, you know, which I mean, still, and then re-retire him. Uh, still, you know, could be. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they still, still decent retirement. I think that they should strip the guy completely of, of everything um, and, and send him on his way. But, you know, we, we all know that isn't going to happen. Um, so, all right, 20 years uh, senior. Yeah, so, yeah, you you got it, man. But, um, I I mean, that that is what they're going to do, though. That's I, I'm fairly certain because of, again, it's like with Sam Britton. Um, the, the, when, when you put yourself out there on blast like that in, in the public eye, and it is so disgraceful to good order and discipline, it's like, can you handle something in house and kind of, you don't sweep it under the rug, but you deal with it in, inside the company or inside the battalion and, and it doesn't get out. You know, but when when you got something like this, and, and this guy is a complete idiot, by the way. I mean, I, you know, whatever whatever his thing is, is whatever his thing is. You know, like whatever, man. But they, like there was some other stuff that was going on. He uh, apparently had had, um, you know, ongoing things with uh, junior officers in his command, which is completely unacceptable. Um, you know, it, it's it's good order and discipline. Um, you know, and, and just as you're pointing out in the comments section, yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's, it's just, uh, this, this is disgraceful for, for a whole lot of reasons. Uh, you know, and, and posing, posing like that with, with, uh, you know, a, a dog fetish mask on for, you know, some sort of official, um, you know, any, anything that you do in uniform, you know, if, if for everybody who, who isn't aware of of these things anything that you do in uniform that you allow yourself to be photographed doing um that is subject to ucmj action you know if it's outside of the standards and discipline and, and it's conduct unbecoming you know it, it's you you are subject to several articles of the ucmj there you know from the nco side of the house the commission officer side of the house that's the way that it works. And, and if they want to get you, they're going to get you. So when you're making national uh, media like that and, and you're all over social media and he wasn't the only one, there was a few others uh, that joined in. And it, it's it's like, hey, you know, this this is unacceptable, man. Um, you know, to so, add yeah, to, add to that, to like every every time I've ever encountered somebody like that, like that, you know, checks several of the funny boxes. It, they're all they always got that little uh you know china cabinet with all their uh yeah. hammer and sickle paraphernalia or yep. like um it, or they got a whole you know like sec i mean i got a section of books dedicated to you know marxism's greatest hits you know mao che you, you know a bunch of other guys uh ho chi Minh, all, all, all kinds of dudes stalin lenin trotsky um uh, even some other guys that i saved from from college uh who you have to understand like, your enemy yeah you and have to understand your enemy you, yeah yeah you can't we, we can't sit there and you know oh i and, and be a glenn beck 
and say, oh, I don't like communists. But then turn around and comment on it and not know what you're talking about. Because you can't formulate an argument if you don't do that. But no, you're exactly right. I mean, whenever you see... They, uh, they fly that red flag with the hammer and sickle on it, man. It's yeah. hanging somewhere in that, you know, fur. He's a furry, I guess. I, I haven't seen the photos. But... um. He's got a dog fetish or something. I bet you that dude's got a hammer and sickle flag hanging in his house. I bet you five hundred dollars. The I, late I, great Charlie Daniels. I bet you he's even got a commie flag tacked up on the wall inside his garage. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm a faithful follower of Brother John Birch. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great uh, song, man. Of- that is a great song. There's a lot of, to tag along with what Johnny was saying, there's a lot of uh, book clubs in Maryland with guys like that, and they have like their little book meetings on like Thursday night. And, and uh, I stumbled upon this one. And their little trust fund and their book sales shop yeah. on the street corner. <clears throat> yeah, they're always, they're always deviants, sexual deviants. And uh, <clears throat> they're really open about it too. You know, I was doing a, a landscaping job and the guy just came out and was like talking to me about his book club and yada yada. And like, yeah, I walked around to like turn the hose on to like water the lawn. And sure enough, I, I peer into the bookcase and it's just like nothing but commie bullshit. And like Johnny said, everybody's got their section of like know thy enemy, but yep, you can tell the difference between somebody who's like knowing thy enemy and somebody who's like a devout follower, you know? The, yeah. the know thy yeah. enemy has like the, the greatest hits where the devout follower has the hadith and then the guy who wrote the hadith on the hadith kind of yep. thing. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, yes, sir. Things you'd only know if you were initiated into that world. You know, exactly. It, yeah. That's, uh, you know, and mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's boy, it's something. <laughs> it's wild. I actually got into an argument recently about the whole know thy enemy thing. Um, I, I, I forget how it even it was. This was a, a little while back, but someone was like astounded that like I had a copy of, as you put it, the greatest hits, and I'm like, well, yeah. And they're like, well, I don't like. Why would you read that? And I'm like. Well, because the people I fucking hate read it, and it'd be nice to see what they're reading. Like, I don't, and like, they just couldn't get it through their heads that, like, maybe I should understand my enemy a little bit better. And they were, they were like, oh, well, maybe you're, maybe you're really not, a, like, you know, maybe we're not a super patriot, you know, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, I don't really care what you think, but your argument is so asinine that I shouldn't know what the enemy is thinking that I was like, I, whatever dude, like if that makes you feel better go for it. But yeah, I mean, everyone has that short little section that says, here's what they think. Here's their, here's how, what they believe. Here's the tactic. You know, I have PDFs of, you know, Antifa put out a lot of good stuff about their tactics and protests. I got a folder with PDFs of that. Um, it's all about knowing how the enemy is going to act and, and what they believe in, and you'll be able to then counter them. Their um, so yeah. their tactics on how to get the police to escalate and understanding police TTPs on escalation of force, 
was priceless. And they had that broken down by city by city of of all their TTPs. Where did they get that, I wonder? Probably from the guys taking selfies with their furry dog mask on. You know? Like that's why well, you don't let those people on your team. Yeah. Well, they have lawyers that are preparing this. I mean, keep in mind that that uh, there were two lawyers in New York City that were charged with assaulting uh, NYPD officers, and they were let go. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, there was no rep hundred percent bar association. There, there, there wasn't there wasn't nothing. And um, you know, they, they the the conservative media made a big deal out of that. Like they were really, oh yeah, we got them now, boys. Well, Sean Hannity, uh, you know, and not nah, nothing, nothing happened. It's like, dude, uh, nothing happened. Nothing was going to happen. The whole and, defense and, these, and prosecution teams for the state are on that team. They're, they're all in on it, man. The it, law it, firms it, are full of them too. <laughs> yeah, and, and these two girls were, uh, there was two females. These two girls were, were lawyers from NYU. Um, you know, and, and, when, when you think about it, like you put that into perspective, they, they can do whatever the hell they want. They're the ones that are writing the policies. Okay. They're the ones that are briefing the cadre of Antifa because that's how they operate saying, Hey, look, this is your, your boundaries for conduct here. And they know that they have that overhead support and they make it very clear too internally that if you step outside of this, you go beyond this, you know, we're going to feed you to the wolves. Because look at who they're recruiting. Like the, these are people who are scared of prison. Like if if they make it to prison, and I'm not talking about a, a you know a overnighter in jail, but like let's say New York City for example, and you're you're a little run of the mill Antifa punk waving a flag out there, smashing some shit up, you know, and then let's go get high on heroin or whatever. Because that's that's the that's who makes up their recruitment. They're terrified of going to Rikers. They're terrified of that. Like if they end up going to Rikers, they're gonna get fed to the wolves, man. They they know that. They can't these these are not people who can exist in the prison hierarchy because they're inherently weak. That's that is the way that they operate, right? Um that that's why like they they pay lip service to street gangs and stuff, but street gangs, they really don't like these guys. At all, because they look at them, they like they see them for what they are too, and it don't matter who it is, you know, whether you see your, um, you know, the the uh, Crips, Bloods, uh, you know, your Latin gangs, right, all, all the way to your, your bikers. They they make it every MC that I know of is it's absolutely no secret that they fucking hate Antifa, like with a passion. They they make it very well known. The Hell's Angels. Um, a couple of years ago with the whole freedom ride thing that, that, that was going on. And, and there was some other stuff that was happening. They made it very well known that, Hey, we don't, we don't like these clowns. They, but the, the street gangs tolerate them because they're kind of, it's kind of like just a, a sideshow. Like it's a convenient thing. It, they don't, they're ambivalent to it. It's all right. It's whatever y'all, y'all do you think. Um, but they, they know like, your your Antifa guys, some some fucking uh, you know white kid that, that's never fought his way out of a paper bag, getting out there smashing some shit up because you know somebody handed him fifty bucks and told him to, 
you know, and, and that gives him his ideas uh, or his, his uh, ideals and his purpose and everything else. Right. Um, he's not going to survive, man. That, that guy's not going to survive in prison. He doesn't the, like Antifa doesn't have a structure in prison. It's, it's all outside. It's all external. Right. There are some prison organizations inside, you know, on the inside that maybe would be amenable to to that. But they they've got some hardcore guys, man. It's it's not like what you're getting with Antifa. You're you're uh, undergrad who stayed in college a little too long, has been a little too privileged growing up. Right. You know, got involved in the punk rock scene, still living off of daddy's money. You know that that's your average Antifa recruit, and they they're terrified of going to you know somewhere like Rikers or you know going going somewhere real where you're gonna have to deal with some some real people who don't give a shit about politics. They don't you know, care about politics. It's they funny don't, you say that. Don't like you because you're weak. I saw a guy uh, driving through Baltimore a couple days ago. I saw a dude uh, dressed up in his finest. Gucci Che Guevara get up his Che Guevara oh. drip. He was he oh. he thought he looked good, but you could tell he was in the early stages of a fentanyl addiction. The way he was walking around and the way he looked, oh, and yeah. uh, yeah. you you know it when you see it, especially if you're from a major city. You know my uh, oh, yeah. you know my the my eyes. guys. Yep. Any 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 blue collar work man that grew up around a major uh, a major city, they they know that look. You know they get they get yep. that thin skin. You can kind of. You can kind of see through it. Yep. They don't. They don't quite have a tan because they're not producing. They're not. Their body's not processing vitamins and minerals uh, the way it should because they're they're always constipated because opiates make you constipated. So they're not digesting well. They're not eating well. So they 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 got a look to them, and uh, you can you can see where they're at in 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 that. And this dude, you know, his clothes weren't. You could tell his clothes were still torn up the way he tore them up on purpose. But they weren't mm-hmm. torn up for real, you know. They weren't dirty for real. Uh, he mm-hmm. he wasn't sleeping on the side of the road yet, but he was well on his way there. He's gonna wake up with no shoes one day, and uh, and they'll take your shoes in Baltimore in the in the winter too. And it ain't the dope oh, dealers yeah. that take your shoes; it's the neighborhood kid boys. Their parents tell them to go, "Hey man, go take that man's shoes," because they know the homeless man, the homeless white guy that's doped up. They know that. Um, He's going to step on out of the neighborhood when he ain't got no shoes and he's not going to be coming back. So right. it's a good way to get people to leave. And that's a good tactic, too. Like if uh, if if, if uh, there's like a civilizational breakdown, something I learned in Baltimore is go out on a on a go out for a sneaky midnight mission. And if there's a, like a homeless encampment nearby or something, go out there and steal everybody, you know, give them all a bunch of liquor one one day. They all get drunk, go out there at four o'clock in the morning, and go steal all their shoes. They'll be moving out real quick because they move out looking for a pair of shoes. It's uh, yeah. it's like a basic human psychology tactic, and and it's for real use. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not yeah. making this. Yeah, stuff no, up. I mean that that's a traditional thing, man. Is is take somebody's boots like that? That's old school. Um, that, that's that's been around for a long time, and it you know. It's like, they were hey, probably taking uh, people's sandals back in the uh, days of the Roman Legion. You know, yeah. like, oh, yeah, they, it was probably. 
So, uh, Bo Diggity in the comments brought up something. Uh, when you're talking about the leftist muscle going into Eastern Europe and Syria, uh, specifically Ukraine and the, the training camps that, that they set up in, in uh, Ukraine, but earlier in Syria, specifically uh, the Rozava region, uh, think a little bit of training when they come back here. I really don't think that they're going to understand the full veracity of what they're coming up against. Um, I agree with that 100%. And, you know, I, I've been, I think, I could be wrong about this, but I think that I was one of the, the first people, if not the first, going back to 2016, 2017, talking about Rosaba and like, hey, this is something you need to pay attention to. Because they, you know, Antifa set up a school here before anybody knew what Antifa was, right? Before anybody, it, it was in the public parlance, right? Before any of that, they had, they, they were running combat operations, right? In a very limited role. And they were being propagandized by Rolling Stone and then later Vice, right? Did a documentary series on it. And it was very effective propaganda at both times. Then they start showing up in Ukraine, right? And uh, when I was on with uh, Joe Dolio uh, a few weeks ago, where we were breaking down uh, this cat named Siv Div, uh, who is a was a Marine Corps infantryman, went over to Syria with the International Brigade, and is uh, now in Ukraine with the International Brigade. It's like, hey, you know, this guy is a recruiter for that world, okay? This is a recruiter for that world. And, um, you know, we, we broke down that video and, and there was, you know, they pretty much did everything wrong. They're honestly, they, they're lucky they survived it. Um, you know, would have made probably a better video if, you know, other things had happened. But, I mean, whatever. Um, but point is, is that, yeah, they're coming back and they're giving that training on their experience it's something that communists do it's a training technique that they use to uh, circumvent the amount of time it takes to create a professional army so you're creating a guerrilla army which is a very different thing right it's a very very different thing and che guevara talked about this a lot in guerrilla warfare Mao spoke to it a little bit too uh, Smedley Butler did as well in, uh, the small wars manual for the Marine Corps, um, which is a very short read and, and another one, you could get that book for just like a dollar or two. Um, but anyway, you can find it free in a lot of corners of, of the internet. But, uh, point is, is that they, they're going there and they're, they're using a technique called collaborative learning or experiential learning where uh, this is something that I do in class too, is I let you mess up a bunch of stuff. And then we talk about what you did wrong. And that way you don't do that again. Um, you know, rather than me tell you like the, you know, the army or the Marine Corps have a, um, we have a set model where it's task condition standards and you're tested on that because it's a professional military force. Right. But when you're dealing with with a guerrilla force, it, it has to be the opposite. You go and do it and then you talk about what you learned from it. And you don't do that again. You take your takeaways and that becomes you're, you're creating doctrine as you go. Right. So anyway, um, when they come back. To the United States, they're bringing that training, that experience back with them to a very receptive audience. The thing about that is. All right. The thing about that is they 
also are coupled with a healthy dose of hubris. Okay, so they have they have this very um, arrogant attitude to them because there hasn't really been any conservative pushback, right? There hasn't really been any right wing pushback, and that that's a good segue into a story about AP Hill, uh, General AP Hill in Richmond, because there hasn't been any real, you know, like like the the uh, the only time that the right has ever really done anything, you can name it. Um, you know, the, the guy in Austin, right. The, you know, the, the handicapped dudes raising hell out there with an AK saying, Oh, just shoot me. What are you going to do? Shoot me. And the guy did, um, you know, that one, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, of course, everybody knows about, um, you know, those, those are your most notable exceptions. I think that there's going to be a lot more because people's tolerance for this are, is, is really, really low, but that, that means Antifa is going to be making a lot of mistakes and they are making a lot of mistakes right out there in, in the open, right in everybody's faces. So yeah, I, I agree. Um, there were some people and, and we're going to, uh, that's, that's a good segue getting into, um, the story about general Hill, his body being, uh, desecrated, his tomb being desecrated because that's exactly what happened. Um, the, the person in charge of the exhumation was taking pictures of it, of inside the grave, of inside the tomb, putting it up and, and was making some very disparaging comments. Um, you know, and, and you have respect for the dead. And, and so that's a good, good segue into that. And, and by the way, I'm going to point out that he did all this. The guy did all this while wearing a Bernie Sanders sticker uh, a, a literally an image of bernie sanders on the front of his helmet uh on his hard hat while he was doing this so uh anyhow anyhow yeah I, I don't i really don't think that antifa uh as an organization a lot of you know most folks on the left especially you know the, the young people on the left which is the overwhelming majority of them, they don't understand what they're getting themselves into uh, because the the boiling point is certainly getting there. Uh, it's getting there. It's getting there quick. Uh, I've got a lot of other things I could say on that, but you know, at, at one hour, 36 minutes, uh, this, is, this is a good time to segue into uh, the story about General Hill. So um, General A.P. Hill uh, was interred in Richmond, Virginia, and the monument to him was uh, placed over top of his uh, tomb. And the city of Virginia, there was a legal, uh, or the city of Richmond, Virginia, rather, uh, has been trying to get rid of this. You know, originally, here's the thing, originally with all the, the Confederate statues, right, because it's very effective uh, propaganda on part of the left to gain favor among the majority of the populace because they, they can use a, the message of, well, you know, the, the Confederates wanted to keep slavery and, you know, all this stuff. And they use that over and over again, even though um, th this is ignoring a huge amount of history. This is also ignoring the fact that Confederate monuments by law by United States law, right? This is U.S. law. It was passed in D.C. Confederate monuments are American war monuments. 
All right, and they're protected by law. Of course, it's, it's not one that we're enforcing because it's not, uh, nobody in this administration, nobody in any of the administrations are viewing this as politically uh, useful to do so. And so they're conveniently forgetting this. And you've got, of course, Glenn Youngkin, uh, Glenn Youngkin, who is a uh, milquetoast conservative. Name one thing that this asshole has conserved. Um, you know, as far as a uh, governor of Virginia, he, he has done absolutely jack shit to impress me. Uh, he caved to the left as soon as he got in, as soon as he got into office, um, you know, and says uh, he doesn't have any problem with this. Well, I have a big problem with it. And it's not just because of, of Confederacy or history or any of that. It's the fact that you're desecrating the dead. You desecrated the dead. You know, do you does anybody not understand the the moral implications of such a behavior does anybody not understand that does anybody not recognize that because when you're dealing with the communists on the left they believe in nothing and so nothing is sacred to them right and therefore the dead are no longer sacred and over on twitter uh somebody over there and i shared this uh, came from an account that I'm not intimately familiar with, but I did share it because of its impact. Uh, the communist exhumation of a nun during the Spanish Civil War. And there is a the skeletal remains of a nun uh, in her vestiges, uh, dressed in her vestiges that have been exhumed and put on public display with communists. Uh, standing around it and not uh, standing around her desecrated corpse and not uh, in a very reverent way. And the, the uh, quote here, which is incredibly important to take to heart, is when they're done with statues, this will be the second stage if they're not stopped. The third will be door-to-door killings. Okay, this is what happened during the Spanish Civil War, right? People think they're, they're stuck into this hubris still. Still. Oh, this can't happen here. This is not going to happen here. Those things won't happen here. Well, ah, those Confederates, I, I, I don't really care about that, whatever. Well, you know, the Bonhoeffer quote, the Bonhoeffer quote, how long is it going to be before the communists, the communists left, begins to say that we need to exhume bodies from Arlington and move them out. Or long. like like they did in Soviet Russia when they changed like the the St. Mary's Hospital to, you know, the People's Hospital 199. You right. know, they it you know, it used to be like the Little Sisters of Mercy Children's Hospital. And then they changed it to you know, the People's Hospital 796. Like it, right. it's coming. It's it's already here, actually. Yeah, we're, I, we're here. You know, I, it's not even funny anymore. Like, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, it's here. Bam, it's right in your face. Like, I read the books. Scout reads the books. Madman reads the books. Patriot Man reads the books. Mech Medic reads the books. There's people on Twitter that are telling you what the fuck's going on. You know? Like, it, it's coming, dudes. Like it's coming, like you're, you know, the the uh, and the church you went to, it's it's going to be the people's canteen number six nine nine, 
You know, it's it, like a Maoist revolution. It's, they're going to turn the temples into canteens. And that's where everybody's going to eat and take a dump in the morning. Like it, it, church. It, it's, it's happening. I'm telling you, it's coming. End of story. Yep. Actually, it's... the beginning of the story, the second step is desecrating bodies. And then the third step is, is not that's, on that's front what they door. did. Not, knocking on your front door and telling you that you're not a friend of the revolution, to quote Mal. It, you know, That's what they it, did. It's, happen, it's happening right in front of you. You're living it, man. Like, you know, they didn't jump out of airplanes. They grew them. They, they planted the seed and they grew the, the tree. And, and right. the acorns and the nuts are falling all over the place. The fruits and the nuts are falling all over the place. <laughs> but um. Like, yeah. I don't know what to tell you, man. It's happening. You know, so the the uh, I'm pulling it up now. The account this, this is coming from a uh, Patrick Lindsay. Uh, yeah, I I, uh, I, I linked so, it in the um. Well, I linked the the nun one you're talking about in the chat. Yeah. This so this this uh, was posted up by uh, General Hills, one of one of his living. Uh, descendants who was there with the body as it was uh, transferred to him and, and it was draped with a Virginia flag. Uh, General Hill's remains were draped with a Virginia flag. But uh, Patrick Lindsay, uh, who has Bernie Sanders on his hard hat, uh, and of course this is a, a trophy uh, to him, they're, they're wearing their beliefs on their sleeve here, this is a quote from him. A.P. Hill caved like a pathetic little bitch. As we said. All right. Next thing that he says. As far as I can tell, the inventory was a few buttons, the brass hardware from the oaken box, two femurs, a skull, some assorted ribs, and a pelvis. No partridges, no pear trees. And then he has just under it a picture of General Hill's crypt this is and this is what you get understand people this is what you get when you deal with people who have zero morality now i don't want to hear anybody out there that's going to listen well you know but but i you know i don't really care about the confederacy or you know they all held sleeves or whatever look you know if if you're going to get caught up in judging the past on on the standards of the present, you're going to lose 100% of the time. That's not the point. They're doing this to erase history. That is what they are doing. They are taking it back to year zero. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, look up the Khmer Rouge. The whole goal of communists. And, and you know, I... I have talked about this in the past. They want to take us back to year zero. That's that the end of history. You have to understand what your enemies want. And that is exactly what this is. Desecrating, desecrating graves. Doesn't matter who it is. Okay. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter. It. I, I would not go to the tomb of Mao and say, Hey, we need we need to desecrate this. Nobody went to the tomb of Stalin when the Soviet Union fell and said that we need to desecrate this. There were people who wanted to, sure, 
But they didn't do that. They didn't do that. Because no matter how bad something is in the history of your country or in the history of, of a people somewhere, even if you think that that person was evil incarnate, you have an intimate respect for the dead out of your moral underpinnings and the first principle of which your society stands upon. And, and it's out of a, that innate respect that even in, even, even no matter what you think, what you think, how, how wrong or immoral it is, you point to that and say, that's history. That is our history for good, for bad. That's our history, right? They didn't do that. And they haven't done that. Now, he should never have been exhumed. The statues, the the monuments, they should never come down. Period. Period. End of story. Full stop. You give the left absolutely zero ground, and this is where the right has went wrong over and over and over again. You give them absolutely nothing. Not one millimeter. Not just an inch. Not one millimeter. You give them absolutely nothing, and yet you take from them everything. You stare the left in their face, and you tell them no. Because when you give them just a little bit, you give them gay marriage, next you have to have transgenders. When you give them transgenders, next they have transgender story time with your kids. When they say that we're not there to sexualize your kids, next thing you have some shitty little gender studies professor who's ever done shit with their life stand in front of you and say that, well, minor attracted persons is another gender. It's another sexuality. But you just said you weren't coming for our kids. And I'm telling you, people, if you don't see it all for what it is and put it all and intersect it all and see the bigger picture of what's going on here, you ain't never going to get it. You ain't never going to get it. But with that said, guys, reactions. I don't think I ever imagined a day where something like that would happen. I saw that article and like, you know, I remember watching us like blow up the Taliban and, uh, you know, it was relieving. It's like, all right, like one, one less shithead to deal with. But at the same time, you're like, you know, that was a human being, you know, there, there's a certain sense of honor that goes with that of like, you know what, this dude did have balls, you know what I mean? Like he knew that he was fighting Apaches and UAVs and Blackhawks with miniguns and, you know, dudes that can shoot a thousand meters all day. The greatest soldiers that have ever walked the earth, the most dangerous soldiers that have lived. Yeah. And, and these guys went out with their rusty AKs and, and try to fight us. And there's a certain sense of honor that goes with that. And, uh, man, when you, when you do something like that for, I mean, what, what was the, what was the purpose? You know, like what, what was right. the ecological reason for, for exhuming that body? There was nothing. It was, it was a PR stunt. And, uh, I, I, man, <laughs> There, there's a few things that get me really fired up and that desecrating the dead is one of them. Um, you know, I've lost a lot of family members and I, I have a tremendous respect for, for dead soldiers, especially. And, uh, man, like 
you you want to talk about firing up a grassroots movement i mean like everything they're doing and, and they fail to realize this you know this is stage two of their pr stunts you know of desecration of the dead and exhuming bodies and and getting rid of history it's like man yeah they i don't, I don't think they understand um how many Americans are still left? You know, yeah. I, I think, I think that the, yeah, there, you know, there's a lot of out of shape guys running around, but you know, there, there's a lot of guys, um, not to toot my own horn, but there's a lot of guys like me, you know, I, uh, I can load up a truck of firewood and unload it after a day of climbing up and down a ladder. Um, yep. I, I can work, all day, every day, I can walk around the woods and track your fucking radios. And, uh, I'm not a bad shot either. And there's a lot of guys like me and it's going to get to the point where people just get so fed up. And I mean, it is what it is. You know, I've, I've seen the elephant, you know, I've, I've been in the tunnel before. Um, if you haven't, it kind of sucks, but you get over it. Uh, just a heads up, yeah. but um, yeah, the, t- the tunnel's not a fun place to be, but yeah, I mean, once you've been there, um, a lot of these clowns, they don't, they don't understand how easy and simple it is. A lot of guys, you know, don't get caught up in the YouTube stuff where you got to learn all this stuff. Um, it, it's pretty simple. It and, is. and they don't realize, they do not understand how fucking easy it is. Um, you just got to be and, cool and keep marching forward. But, man, digging up a body, that's like, oh, man. I try to stay calm, but, you know, stuff like that. It takes a special shithead to do that. And that makes me not feel bad for, for feeling the way I do. And I'll leave yeah. it at that. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, watching that entirety unfold as I was monitoring the AP Twitter account, uh, you want to talk about pissing me the fuck off while I'm trying to sit and do work in my office. Uh, and I think the last thing you said summed it up best like you're getting to the point now where I don't care about what I'm gonna have to do I don't give a flying fuck and it wasn't always that way yeah but your your ideology your disrespect and your march of basically rendering us or attempting to render us to the pages of history and then making it so that we never existed. I do not feel bad. Yeah, it's, we're, you know, we're quickly approaching that point of they, they, they've corrupted everything. They, they are caustic to everything that they touch. They know that they are. By the way, this is, this is a, a knowingly complicit, thing it's it's part of their goal 
You don't have the communist subversion of a society and any usable part of that society remains. You know, if, if you look at uh, Europe, Eastern Europe, under the USSR, there's a reason that their, their culture was wrecked the way that it was. And we're headed down that path. You know, you can, you can either accept it and move forward, which is what you need to do. Um, you know, you could bury your head in the sand. I, I got a, a reason to believe if you're listening to this podcast that, you know, you, you, you kind of know where you stand on that. Uh, but you need to get your head right. Like th- this is a real thing. Okay. This is a real thing. And what are you going to do about it? I know what I'm doing about it. I know what the guys here are doing about it. You know, if, if you're one of those people back there that says, you know, oh, well, there's nothing ever happens. There's never any action or whatever. Look, you know, you need to look up the resistance pyramid. Look it up. Look up the resistance pyramid. I posted it many, many times. Okay. And figure out where you are on that. And how to satisfy the levels of that resistance pyramid. Because I'm going to tell you, the left is right there at overt warfare, right? They've done everything else. And so you out there listening to this need to get your mind right on all of that. Because they're coming after you. They're coming after you hard, right? You need to get the training that's going to prepare you for what comes next, right? 2023. I've got a hell of a lot of classes up there. I'm going to be writing more books too, um, you know, and it, it's, it's, I've got more things on tap as hard as, as we went at it in 2022, we're going to go that, that much harder in 2023 because we have to, you know, for everybody that was out there that was, uh, you know, Trump this, Trump that, you know, Hey, I, I was a fan of him when he was the president, but he's, you know, craptastic performance since then. Sorry, man. You know, count me out. Um, DeSantis, you know, we'll see. Um, we're going to see how it works out. But Trump today, you know, with his his uh, uh, digital trading cards or whatever the hell that crap is. But, you know, you got to you got to realize there ain't no political solution. OK, there is not a political solution to this. Politics are a component of it. Yes. But the politics have to be reflective of the people. You either get as, as every poli sci 101 student learns, you got the ballot box, you got the bullet box, the ballot box fails. What's the next option? Right. And, and we are rapidly approaching that point. So anyhow, guys, uh, any last words before we punch out? I'll keep mine brief. Get your physical fitness training in, do it now. Don't wait fix your diet. Get your shit ready to rock and roll. I'll be quick. Stay training and uh, read a book. You know, don't be afraid of the 500 page books with 200 sources. You know, it's those are good books. Those history books, the college history books, like, you know, you can pick them. You can pick up a college textbook cheap and they haven't rewritten the history books yet. You know, they 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 like to brag about what they've accomplished. You know what I'm saying? They uh they they stay pretty pretty true and on the level in in those books. D- does the narrative or rhetoric lean a little left? Yeah, of course it does. You know, I, I'm I'm not debating that it that it that it leans a little left, but 
those the the numbers and the stats and the and the uh the accomplishments of both sides uh tend to be pretty pretty fair and honest you just got to wade through a bunch of leftist narrative and and uh ex, uh ex, ex, what's the word ah i can't remember it'll come to me right after we get off <laughs> yeah always does madman do more push-ups yes you fucking man magmatic you still in here yeah yeah i'm uh i'm still here um get ready to run your own hospitals uh it's not far off we saw him tease it with covid uh, if you didn't have the uh, the shot, you weren't going to get admitted into the hospital. They tried to talk about that. Some people suggested it. Just just wait till it's, uh, oh, you posted that you were angry because we dug up this person's grave. Well, you can't go to the hospital anymore. Yep. Just, just social, social credit, credit scores coming. They're pushing it in Australia. Just just fucking wait. Get, get ready to run your own clinics. First thing China did when they invaded Vietnam and helped assisting the Vietnamese uh, the North Vietnamese was take over the medical industry. Yep. A lot of power. First thing there. they did. It's actually even more powerful than food. Food is, is a big one, but medical care, you'll do a lot of stuff for a sick child. You know, and that, that tends to sway opinions quite a bit. But anyhow, with that said, anything's on a positive note. Get out there and do something, right? Get out there and train. And training doesn't necessarily have to be with a rifle in your hands, but whatever it is that you're doing, do it, right? Whatever it is you're learning, learn more about it. However hard you're training, training that much harder, right? Brushpeter.org slash training calendar. You're going to see all the classes, uh, the dates that are up, up there. They are rapidly filling up. And uh, the next 48 hours, I've had kind of an eventful, um, had kind of a eventful uh, few days, a couple of days since I got back from Texas. But um, you know, gonna get caught up on the emails. I've got a lot of people trying to get registered for class. With that said, the Gorilla's Guide to the Baofeng Radio, number one bestseller on Amazon in communications, and doing quite well. It's in the top two thousand of all books on Amazon as well. So it's selling like hotcakes thank this audience for that with that said folks god bless good night and i'll talk to you again very very soon since scout out